Come on, let's lift our hands. Why don't you think about that heavenly home? Come on, this, this, ain't, this ain't a funeral song. <laughs> think about that heavenly place that the Lord's got prepared for us. Come on, church. Think about where we're headed. <laughs> it is true that the, the best is yet to come. <laughs> Not just in this life, but you think about eternity. <laughs> He's going away to prepare a place for me. <laughs> It's okay sometimes to just think about where I'm going. It's okay sometimes to think about that in the end, I win. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Just, just one more moment. Can you lift your hands and somebody just reflect on that right now? We can endure things in this life and face things with God, but there'll come a time when they won't be facing anything with God. I'll just be with Him. And I'll be like Him. And my reward will be there. Is anybody excited about our heavenly home today? Hey, just a while longer. Just a little while longer to labor. Just a little while longer to labor. Every step, every second is closer to the ultimate victory. Sometimes I'm a, just a little bit jealous because we have friends, we have family, we have church family. They've, they beat us to it. I think about some of the ones sometimes that I miss so bad. And then I cried tears for and that I mourned for, but then I think about where they are. No tears, no crying, victory. They're standing at the finish line saying, come on, just a little while longer, just a few more steps. We don't even know how close we are. And the Lord's going to bring His church home. I'm sorry if you can't get excited thinking about that, but I, it's not a fairy tale to me. That's ultimate victory for me right there. I have victory in this life, but all oh, the victory that I have in the next life. Mm, I love to think about heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, if I could get my water off that front row. Today, the Lord wants to work on several different levels, I feel like. I, uh, I had, you know, I knew that we would pray over our students and over teachers today at the end of service. You try and get in a mindset for that. And I had laid out what I was going to preach today as I was in my office studying and praying and just seeking the Lord this morning. He said, no, we're going to go this way. And that's when... I've learned now to panic a little less when that happens. But still, Lord, this is, this is what I planned. This is, you know, the Lord doesn't always care about our plans. He said, do you want me to speak through you or not? Do you want a word for the church today or not? And this will be for our students, for our teachers and things like that. But it's for everybody today. We are going to pray and we're going to give these prayer cloths when I'm done preaching today and we're going to pray over you. But 
This is a word for everyone. But firstly, and thank you for standing with me for just another moment. The Lord spoke to me about this today. The Lord wants to deal with shame and condemnation in this place today. Before we even go any further. I'm just trying to be led of the Holy Ghost right now. And I feel this. There are some people in this house today that you have crippling fear of your past. And cannot, or rather you feel like you cannot make any progress because of shame and guilt. You can't even hear preaching and receive it the way that you need to because of shame and guilt. And I felt this very specifically that there are people that are afraid of their past today. Afraid of their mistakes. Afraid of their wrongs being uncovered. Afraid of what it could do to their walk with God. And just crippled by fear and shame and condemnation. And the Lord wants to deal with that right now. The message I'm going to preach today, even I heard the little whisper. Hypocrite. You can't preach about, you can't preach against things that you've done. You can't tell people not to do things that you've done. I love what Pastor taught this morning. You need to listen to it on the podcast when it goes up. Love, it'll cover a multitude of sins. The enemy starts calling you a hypocrite for living right after you've lived wrong. He's an accuser of the brethren. Come on now, come on. That's why, that's why we don't join in with him. That's why, like the Lord, we cover people's shame. We don't reveal it. We forgive people instead of holding things against them. That's what the enemy does. And the enemy's trying to whisper to somebody today and say, hypocrite. You can't, you can't shout over things that had you bound. You can't, you can't do this and that because of the way you used to live. I'm calling the enemy a liar today. And I want to tell you that I have a word from the Holy Ghost right now. Not what I'm about to say. I'm, I have a word from the Holy Ghost right now. You can lift your hands in this place and be free from guilt and shame and condemnation. And I'm telling you, the Lord said, I make all things new. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And old things are passed away. And all things are become new. Somebody right now, I'm sorry if this ain't you, but somebody lift your hands and tell the Lord, I receive this. Somebody say, I plead the blood of Jesus that was shed for me. I am forgiven. I am made new. You can go forward in the name of Jesus, free from fear and guilt and shame and condemnation and chains wrapped around you. Be loosed in the name of Jesus right now. That is a word for somebody in this house today. You are not a prisoner to your past. 
I got to thinking when I heard those little whispers, you know, if I was going down a, a path ahead of someone and I realized this path is dangerous, this path is treacherous, this path almost killed me, and I got back to safety, would I not warn somebody, don't go down that path? You need to use your testimony. Don't be weighed by shame and guilt. Use your testimony. It's okay to talk about where you've been, but it's a testimony. It's not your shame. And I just feel that in the Holy Ghost to say to someone today. Just let me read this scripture today. In fact, you can be seated. You stood with me. Thank you for standing. preached from this this thought this passage before and I heard I've heard others I remember specifically brother Scott Graham bringing out some of these points and it blew my mind I remember looking into it and I remember preaching along the same lines and and, uh, the Lord spoke to me early this morning And I knew this is what he wanted to say to us today. 2 Samuel chapter 18. And I'll start in verse 1. And David numbered the people that were with him, set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. David sent forth a third part of the people under the hand of Joab, and a third part under the hand of Abishai, uh, the son of Zeriah, Joab's brother, and a third part under the hand of Ittai and the Gittite. And the king said unto the people, I will surely go forth with you myself also. But the people answered, Thou shalt not go forth, for if we flee away, they will not care for us, neither if half of us die will they care for us. But now thou art worth 10,000 of us, therefore now it is better that thou secure us out of the city. And the king said unto them, the king being David, What seemeth you best I will do? And the king stood by the gate side, and all the people came out by hundreds and by thousands. And the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. That's David's son who had uh, rebelled against him. David and his men are the good guys here. But the point I'm going to make, we'll see. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. He still cared for his son. But it says, So the people went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was in the wood of Ephraim where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David. And there was there a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men. For the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country, and the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. And I want to preach for a few minutes today. Stay out of the woods. Stay out of the woods. Let's pray one more time. Lord, I thank you. Lord, your your word, Lord, it endures. And I feel today that, Lord, there's a a group of people here today that need to hear this word. I believe you've led me 
Lord, I'm, I'm your servant. Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do, say anything you want me to say. So I pray today that you would speak through me to this precious people and help us to grab hold of your word. Lord, to be Lord pricked in our hearts if need be, but Lord, we know that your word saves us, that your word keeps us and preserves us. So help us to receive your word today in the name of Jesus. Now clap your hands if you're thankful for the word of the Lord today. Hallelujah. Now, let me say first of all, to our students, to our uh, teachers, ones that are going back into that setting, you can go into your school and onto your campus and you can have revival and a harvest of souls. And I feel so strongly about what the Lord is going to do through every age group walking into your schools, college students walking onto your campus. I feel so strongly about what the Lord is going to do through you. And I want you to be encouraged today that God has given you everything that you need to win your friends. I didn't say drag them into a cult. Bring them to the love of God. Bring them to salvation. We want to see people saved. We don't want to just see people just be like us to be like us. I want to be like Him. And we can see people saved. And you can see even the worst of your friends or classmates or uh, fellow teachers, ones that you work with. It doesn't matter. This really applies to everyone. But you can have revival. And you can see a harvest of souls. And I'm telling you, I, I believe this. And I'm speaking it in Jesus' name because of what we've seen and what we've heard, what we've been promised, that we're going to see a harvest of souls. That we're going to see people come to God. That we're going to see revival in our schools and in our classrooms and on our college campuses. Just because you haven't seen it before doesn't mean you won't see it. He said, I'll do a new thing. He said, will you not know it? I want to recognize when the Lord is getting ready to do a new thing. Something that I have never seen before. And I want to partner with Him. And participate in the prophetic. I don't know if I heard somebody say that. Or if it just came to me. But I was riding down the road the other day. And I said, participate in the prophetic. That's good. That's like, anytime you can get something, you know, with the you know, the same letters like that or something that rhymes or anything like that, it's like, yep, that's a preaching point. A preaching point. Participate in the prophetic. But you need to know that you can, and God has equipped you to do it. And we're going to see that. If you believe that, say amen. amen. But I feel like the Lord wanted to speak to us today because there is a danger there is a danger. You need to know that you are more than a match for the enemy of your soul. You are more than a match. You can defeat the enemy all day, every day. And you can overcome all the powers of hell any day of the week. 
the enemy, he can't defeat you. When you are living for God, when you are seeking after God, and when you're under that covering, when you're living the way the Lord wants you to live, as long as, hey, as long as you're in the church, not everybody agrees with that nowadays, but I'll tell you, as long as you're in the church, you need to stay in the church. You need to be at church. You need to participate in church. When you're living for God, the enemy, he, he can't defeat you. He can throw stuff at you. We can be challenged and we'll have things to overcome, but no weapon that's formed against us will prosper. We're overcomers. The head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. More than conquerors. And I believe that and I know that. But I implore you today to hear this word and to pay attention and to focus on the word of the Lord today. Because I could make this all about, again, all about everybody that's going back to school, but this is, this is for anyone under the sound of my voice today. I firmly believe that God divinely appointed this word for today. And I can't get away from that. Out of 20,000 casualties on the battlefield that day, on Absalom's side, over half were killed by the woods. Not just the sword, not just the spear, or the arrow, or their enemy. They died because of where they were. They died because they went into a place that they never should have went into. They could have been on a battlefield where they knew how to fight. They knew how to maneuver. and They knew what to do. But they were fighting David's guerrilla fighters that knew how to fight in the woods. They weren't skilled there. They weren't meant to fight there. They should have stayed out of the woods and tried to fight the enemy. Now listen, you're going to root for David's side. It's the principle here that I'm trying to show us. If they had been where they were skilled and where they knew how to fight, they had no business being in the woods trying to fight their enemy in his element. The woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured, the Word says. And I won't get into the whole conflict between Absalom and David. The point is that Absalom's men thought they could handle an environment that they were not meant to fight in. Their enemy was skilled in that environment, and they were not. And more than half of them were killed not just by the enemy, but by the woods. They did not die because of weapons. They died because of location. They died because they tried to get into something that they should not have been in. They tried to get into a place and fight in a place where they didn't know how to fight. And they didn't have... Come on, somebody. I've seen too many walk into the woods and not come out. 
Now listen, you're listening to an imperfect preacher today who's made mistakes and had and, and could be just held down by shame and guilt and condemnation and, and could just be chained up by the past. I'm telling you that you're looking at somebody who did come out of the woods. But that's not an excuse to go into the woods and think if they made it out, I can make it out. I'm telling you, the woods will take things from you. You might walk out, but you'll walk out injured. And you'll walk out in a place that you don't want to be. And you don't want to have to fight that fight. God can restore, but I'd rather just stay whole. God can forgive, but I'd rather just stay in the battlefield where I know how to fight. I'd rather not have the regret. I'd rather not have the shame. I'd rather not have to have nightmares sometimes and think about those things. I'd rather not deal with that. But I've seen too many walk into the woods and not come out. I've seen people walk into the woods and literally die in the woods. And die in sin. Too many think that they can get involved with worldly things and be okay. But they fall to it. I've seen apostolics decide to take a little stroll into the woods, check out the view. I don't always understand the reasoning. Sometimes people... They get lost and they take a wrong turn into the woods. Sometimes people, they get lured in by the woods. Sometimes somebody else brings them into the woods. But I've seen people, I'm, I'm just in the edge of the woods. I can still see the tree line. Maybe I can do a cut around in the woods here. It's just a thing or two here. It's just, let me, let me relate, again, this can relate to anybody. Let me get down on, on, on the student level here. You start just downloading a song or two. Well, I'll download the radio edit. <laughs> and you can't hear half the song because it's all just bleeps. You know, let me just be real. You need to get students and anybody, students, you need to get that garbage off of your phone. You need to get Cardi B off your phone. You need to get these, these nasty, perverted artists off your phone. I'm not just talking about because uh, everybody's mind goes to, goes to hip-hop and things like that. No, I'm talking about those nasty country songs that you got on your phone about getting in the back seat of a pickup truck and all this, I'm in love, junk. You're not in love, it's lust. And if you don't think that what you're listening to affects your mindset, you need to wake up. And I'll say it to the parents too, you need to check your kid's phone and get that garbage off of there because it's causing them to have sex. And it's caused them to do drugs and get in all kinds of stuff that they need to... 
I'm just being real. Sorry. I said the S word. You need to get that junk that's killing your kids off their... Students, hey, I'll tell your parents to do it, but you need to own up and you need to say, I've got some things in my life that are hidden, that I'm involved with, that I'm doing. You need to get it out and be holy and get out of the woods because you can say, I can handle it all day long, but it gets you eventually. They're such a nice guy, girl. I think I can flirt to convert. Hey, you know what? I will concede this. I have seen the Lord work in situations where someone was dating someone out of church, even when they were both out of church. And I've seen them come back into the church, and now I see them both working in the church. And I see God has transformed their life. Thank God for a situation like that. I'll concede that to you. That is not a reason to try and flirt to convert. If they ain't about this life, you don't need to be about holding hands and kissing and making out and getting in the back seat and sending pictures to each other. I'm just telling you because this is the environment you're walking into, students. I'm not oblivious to this. Some of our visitors are saying, what did I walk into today? This is youth pastor being youth pastor today. I love you, and we'll shout at some point. I can always repent afterwards. You don't know if you can repent afterwards. You're not promised your next breath. I remember I had a friend one time, long ago, and he said, I think I'm going to work on my testimony. I said, what in the world does that mean? And he said, I'm, he said, I, I, I think I'm just going to try some stuff and take some steps back and just, you know, work on my testimony. When, I, when I'm back where I need to be, you know, I have this testimony. And I told him, I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Now, this was a long, long time ago. Some of y'all are trying to think, listen, it wasn't Aaron. <laughs> y'all are thinking Aaron's his best friend. It's not, it was not Aaron. I've looked at Aaron before and said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and he's done the same thing to me. But I told my friend, that, that is, how can you get into that mindset that I'm just going to dabble in this a little bit? You know what I saw happen? I saw him lose things in their life. I saw him get hurt and injured and deal with all kinds of things that they still have scars from today. And I told him, I said, you don't need to do that. I said, your greatest testimony can be that I stayed in the church. Your greatest testimony can be I didn't go out into the world, into the woods and do those things. Listen, I preached this before. We need to be 
separated, not isolated. The Lord said, be ye separate. He said, come out from among them and be ye separate. Separate in lifestyle. That doesn't mean we shut ourselves into these four walls and we're just a cult of hermits. You're going to interact with people that don't believe like you do. You've got friends and family that you're going, to, you're, you're going to have holidays with them. You're going to eat lunch with them. You're going to be friends with them. But do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That means don't be tied to the lifestyle that they live. Separated, not isolated. And so people say, I, you know, I have my friends in church, but I, I, I run with all these people outside of church. Y'all going to have to just let me be real today. I, again, I'll, I'll say it one more time. This is for anybody, but I'm trying to get down on the level of, of, of students and high school and college students, any age group, because... I know the environment that you're walking into, and I know that it's a hundred times worse today than it was when I was in that environment. The things that y'all face, it astounds me. And I know, I can tell you, I'll be real, and I've said it before. When I was in high school, I wasted my opportunity to win souls. And I acted like a dummy in high school. There are people in our church that can say, yes, I remember when Jake was a punk and probably wanted to choke me out every time they saw me. I was so, I was so much worse at school and around that environment. That's not something to be proud of or think that that's, that was cool. Or I tell you, it leaves you empty and miserable and depressed. And, and that's why I push so hard today because I see what can be done by an apostolic young person in that environment. Young people, I want you to be better than I was. And I want you to do the things that I, that I wasted my opportunity. I want you to do those things. I want you to live for the Lord. And I want you to win. I'm so proud to see even now that one's bringing friends from school and things and, and seeing God work in their life. And I'm so proud of that. But don't lose sight of that. That's, that's really what you, you're there to learn and you're there to graduate. And I, I get all that and that's, that's fine and good. But you've got to realize this is a mission field. It's a mission field. And I can tell you that a compromise here and there will lead you deep into the woods. The woods can look beautiful and alluring. The woods can look attractive. There are things in the woods that will kill you. You know, we go... A lot of you know, a lot of us here, we like to we're outdoorsmen and like to hike and camp and things like that. I love doing those things. But sometimes when you're laying there at night, you just kind of remember, I'm in 
I'm in this grizzly bear's house right now. And uh, what am I going to do in a fist fight with a grizzly bear? Lose. Somebody said lose. <laughs> you got to remember sometimes that you got to, when you go out there, you got to be respectful of where you're at. And remember, this is not my turf. And there's probably a whole lot that can, uh, more that can see me right now than I can see. And smell me. <laughs> That's just in the natural. But you don't, you don't take those little trips into the woods in the spiritual. Because there are things in the woods that will kill you. Study shows that there was quicksand in those woods of Ephraim. That means that even the ones that might have been able to see the tree line, might have even been able to see the path to get back out, were stuck. And all they could do was sink and suffocate. Because of the environment that they went into. There were beasts in the woods and dangers in the woods. They couldn't fight in the woods. The terrain, every, every part of it, it devoured them. And I've heard it said before that the beasts and the things that don't scare you on the battlefield control you in the woods. Things that when you're living right, you can stand up to all day and say, I, I, can, I can come against this in Jesus' name. I can overcome this in Jesus' name. I'm not afraid of it. Those same things control you in the woods. Things that normally you can say in Jesus' name and, and it's gone, those things control you in that environment. When you allow yourself to take a stroll into things and into a place that you have no business being. Absalom, towards the end of this battle, it says, it says here, Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule. The mule went under a thick, uh, the thick boughs of, of a great oak, and his head caught hold on the oak. And he was taken up between the heaven and the earth, and the mule that was under him went away. Absalom, you, and you can read and study and see this, Absalom's hair was like a point of pride for him. That pride got literally, this is not, this is not figuratively or anything, he literally got hung in an oak tree by his hair and said he was hanging by his head. It didn't kill him. He was stuck there. The woods got a hold of his head. The woods got a hold of him because of his pride. Thinking I can stroll on through these woods. He got caught in the woods. And Joab and his men, they came to him. Found him hanging there. And Absalom died a slow, painful death. 
Not as they shot arrows at him, but as they forced arrows into him while he hung by his head from a tree. Said they thrust him through the heart while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. And ten young men that bear Joab's armor compassed about him and they beat him to death. He died slowly in the woods. I know people right now who are lost in the woods. That at one time would never have strolled into the woods. And God only knows for what reason. You can't, I'm not, you, you can do all things through Christ. You can do all things through Christ. And the Lord has given us parameters. And He's told us, this is how you fight. This is how you win. This is how you live. This is how you stay safe. This is how, this is how, this is how. And when we choose to step out of that covering, and we choose to step outside the parameters that He has given us to fight, it's hard to wear that armor of God in the woods. It's hard to fight the way we've been told to fight when we decide I'm going to step out. I'm going to step off the battlefield and into the woods. When you get to that point, you cannot handle the woods. Not for long, you can't. You think you can play around. You can see how close you can get. And you think as long as I can see the tree line, I'm okay. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to be a downer and throw a wet blanket on this service. I'm being real with you today. Because somebody's going to remember this when they have the offer to do something they know they shouldn't do or go somewhere they shouldn't go. You think you can play around, but you can't. Take it from me. You think you can play around. Be okay, but you can't. God can restore and deliver and set free, and He can He can get you out of the woods. And I've learned many things in my life that I, I've come to the realization maybe, maybe I, I needed to learn this the absolute hardest way that I could learn it. So I could tell somebody else. But there are a lot of things that I wish that I had just listened and not learned. You need to take it from me that you can't just play around in the woods. You're not meant to fight in the woods. Stay on the battlefield. Stay. We sing about it. I'm on the battlefield fighting for the Lord. Stay on the battlefield where you know how to fight and you have the weapons to fight with. Don't stray into the woods. This, now more than ever, is no time to 
be trying to take a stroll into the woods. Many have not made it back out of the woods. And I would say to you simply, don't risk it. It's not something you play risk with. You can't handle it. You can't regulate your activity in the woods. You lose all sense of regulation as you stay in the woods. You can't regulate the activity in the woods. It'll overwhelm you. It'll overtake you when you decide, I'm taking off the armor of God and I'm going to go into this place that I'm not meant to be. I'm not meant to fight. Hey, win souls on the battlefield. Yeah, you're going to go into an environment physically that is contrary to everything that you stand for. But spiritually, stay on the battlefield. Stay in the church. Stay in the church. Stay under that covering. Stay consecrated to God. Be ye holy, for He is holy. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Be a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Let your light so shine before men. You can defeat the enemy where God wants you, but you're not going to defeat him in the woods. Stay out of the woods. I want to, in music, and you get ready to come, I want to read you something. I actually know a long time ago that I read this. Just teaching an entirely different lesson. Forgive me for being carnal here, but I want to read you the lyrics of an old song. And some of you, don't let me lose you right here. It says, a young cowboy named Billy Joe grew restless on the farm, a boy filled with wonderlust who really meant no harm. He changed his clothes, shined his boots, combed his dark hair down, and his mother cried as he walked out, don't take your guns to town, son, leave your guns at home. He laughed and kissed his mom and said, your Billy Joe's a man, I can shoot quick and straight as anybody can, but I wouldn't shoot without a cause, I'd gun nobody down. But she cried again as he rode away. Don't take your guns to town, son. Leave your guns at home. And he sang a song as he rode. His guns hung at his hips. He rode into a cattle town. A smile upon his lips. And he stopped and walked into a bar. Laid his money down. But his mother's words echoed again. Don't take your guns to town, son. He drank his first strong drink. And to calm his shaking hand. He tried to tell himself at least he had become a man. The dusty cowpoke at his side began to laugh him down. He heard again his mother's words, Don't take your guns to town, son. Leave your guns at home. And he, filled, he was filled with rage, and then Billy Joe reached for his gun to draw. 
But the stranger drew his gun and fired before he even saw. As Billy Joe fell to the floor, the crowd all gathered round and wondered at his final words. Don't take your guns to town, son. Leave your guns at home. Kind of a silly song, but I can think of the times. I can think of ones that I have reached for. And in the spirit, it was like saying, don't, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. This guy thought he could go out and handle it. Going into an environment that wasn't his environment. Go against the, the wisdom that was given him. And with his last words, don't take your guns to town. I don't want... I don't. Let me say it for myself. I would hate to be lost in eternity and hear words from my pastor ringing in my head. Hear words of counsel ringing in my head. Have scripture ringing in my head. And all I can do now is remember it and be tormented by it. And I'm telling somebody today that Listen, students, don't, don't go into your school and acclimate to the culture. Assimilate into the culture. Don't go into your school and conform to this world. The Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let your mind be renewed every day. And remember who you are and who you're called to be. What you can do. There is more for you than against you. But you've got to stay with what's for you. Because you'll be alone in those woods. You'll be able to hear the cry and there'll be, the Lord will reach for you, but the woods will get a hold of your head. And you'll get in that quicksand or you'll get caught in those branches or you'll get lost in the terrain it's hard to come out of the woods and sometimes you just don't make it out of the woods I'm not trying to be hopeless today I'm trying to warn you in the Holy Ghost I can imagine the father of the prodigal son saying son I know I've given you your inheritance but don't don't do this. Why don't you stay here? I've got everything you need here. I've got all the things that you need. Don't, you don't have to go out and be a part of that. You don't have to go do those things. I can imagine. Just let your mind go to that setting, that home. That, that, home. that prodigal son's dragging his bags down the, down the path. I can think of the father saying, <laughs> he just... Inside, just, just in turmoil. Don't go! You're not cut out for that out there. That's not who you are. You're not meant to, to hang around those things. You're not meant to go do those things. That prodigal son went out and he, he wasted everything the father gave him. 
on, on drinking, on prostitutes, on partying, until he had nothing left but a pig pen. I think he probably, if he could have his rathers, he would say, I'm glad I'm back home, but I wish that I had never experienced the things I did. I wish I had just stayed in the Father's house. You can stand with me. I'm, I'm closing, but listen, let me... There's so much that, that I, I could say and want to say, it, and I would, it would just, I could go on and on and on and on. But young people, I do know a thing or two about what I'm talking about today. I haven't, I'm still a young man, but I've experienced things and I've seen things. And I've been in places that I can tell you with assurance. Do not compromise your identity in Christ to be cool and to fit in or to get a girlfriend or get a boyfriend. Don't give in to those things. Do not give in to the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes or the pride of life. Don't give in to those things when they say, hey, why don't you come to this party with us? Don't give in to those things. Don't give in to those things when they're saying, why, why don't you come do this with me? Don't give in to those things when they say, let's, let's get in the back seat of a car. Don't give in to those things when they're saying, why don't you send me some pictures? I'm just being real. Don't give in to those things when they say, why don't you try this? Why don't you drink this? can't be anything but real today thank God for his saving grace thank God for where I am today but I'm telling you there's some things you just don't want to experience in the woods and you have the ability to walk into your school with authority in the Holy Ghost free from everything and say I'm not picking up any chains but I'm going to go into this place and I'm going to lose chains in the name of Jesus I'm going to shine a light and people are going to come to God because of me I'm not going to them they're coming to me you can do better than I ever did But I am standing in a place today by the grace of God that I can tell you that you can do better than I ever did. You have it in you, young people. You have it in you to win your friends to God. You have it in you to stay holy when the culture is not holy. You have it in you to be separate when everybody else is saying, come this way. You have the ability to stand when everybody else is bowing. You have it in you. Be holy. Be holy. Be separate. Shine your light and show the love of God. You don't want them to look at you like they looked at me. You don't want them to look at you like they looked at me. Hypocrite. He doesn't have anything. As a pastor's kid. Look how pastor's kid. You don't want that? Show them the real thing. Show them what God can do in a life. You have it in you. 
to stay on the battlefield. And you can win. And you can do all the things that God's called you to do. I need someone to help me today as as students and and teachers specifically. But we're all going to pray. Somebody that can help me hand these prayer cloths out. If you're a student or a teacher, I want you to come forward today. Let's come forward as a church together. Students first and teachers. and, And let's all gather in. Anybody that will, please. I'm inviting you to these altars today. you're a student or a teacher, you're going back to school in any capacity like that, get these prayer cloths out. Let's, let's hand these out. They get all the kids. These have been anointed and prayed for. This is not just ceremony, what we're doing right now. We're going to pray together and we're going to pray a covering. We're going to pray for apostolic authority to be loosed in your life. We're going to pray for the authority of the Holy Ghost to operate through you in your, in your schools, in your classrooms, in your workplace. Yes. You know what you need to do? You need to take this prayer cloth. You need to stick it in your book bag. Stick it in your briefcase, whatever. Wherever you can keep it. Keep it at your desk. Keep it in your locker. So you can see it. You can remember. It just be a reminder. I'm covered. I'm covered. I know who I am. I'm going to stay who I know that I am. As the last few were getting these prayer calls, our church family, anybody that's not you know, involved with school or anything like that, we're all going to pray together. But, but why don't we link together? Link with someone beside you. Some of our ministry, let's lay hands. And let's begin to lift our voice and pray right now. I want you to pray a covering over these students, these teachers. Plead the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, firstly, that there would be no condemnation. Lord, if we find our place, uh, ourselves in a place today that we know maybe I've, I've already strolled into the woods. The mercy of God is reaching right now to pull you out and to wake you up and shake you. I'm telling you, the love of God is covering you right now in the name of Jesus. New creature, no shame, no condemnation, no guilt. In the name of Jesus. And now I release apostolic authority. I release the authority of the Holy Ghost to cover these students and these teachers. They're going to walk in power and authority in their workplace, in their classroom, in their hallways. They're going to be a light shining. They're going to tell people about salvation. Tell people about the love of God. Let's continue praying.
voice for just another moment. Let's, uh, why don't you find somebody beside you and take their hand and lift it to heaven. Let's pray strength over our brothers and sisters today. Come on, let's do that. Take the hand of someone next to you. Lift it up to heaven right now. I want you to pray strength over them. I want you to lay hands on somebody and pray for them right now. That's it, that's it.
on, give the Lord a hand and a shout of praise in this house. Hallelujah. What a great God. Thank you, Lord. I'm thankful. We're looking for just a great year for our teachers and students. That God would bless them and, and use them. Use them to be a light shining. And, and I tell you what a dark world we live in sometimes. But uh, I believe even our kids, there can be revival among our youth and among our kids. Parents, I would advise you before you put them on that bus or drop them out of that car, you make sure you reach over and take your hand and just hold on for a second. Just plead the blood of Jesus over them. Pray over them for you. Send them out the doors. Cover them every day with prayer. Because I tell you, this, this world was uh, such a shape. But we, we want them to be well. We want them to be healthy. But we want them to be okay spiritually as well. We want them to be all right and be protected. So let's pray for our kids. Lift our youth up. Campus ministry will be starting back up as UGA students come in. We want to uh, see that really turn into a great harvest this year. So let's be in much prayer for our students and teachers. How about that? Praise God. Tomorrow night at 7, we'll be here for prayer. Have a great afternoon. Uh, Oh, this is her last Sunday, but is it? Oh, so she'll be here Wednesday, but this is her last Sunday. She's going to, she'll be in nursing school, and, uh, but you're close. You're not far away. She'll be back on some Sundays. So, so she will be back some Sundays. Let's pray that while she's there, she'll just win souls, and people will just see that light shining out of her. Well, we will miss that beautiful face when she's not here and when she's not singing with us and, and just worshiping in the choir, we will miss her. But we are proud of what she's doing. Let's, we're thankful. Thankful for our kids, our young people. The world needs Holy Ghost filled nurses and doctors and lawyers. And it, it does. It, it needs people in every arena. It needs Holy Ghost filled people of God. And so we're praying the best for you, sis. We're going to uh, be just looking for great reports and, and you know you got a church family loves you praise God great it's good to be a part of the body amen God's good to us have a great afternoon be blessed in Jesus name amen